Happy Tuesday, Liberty Kitty Cats. That's right. It is Tuesday. It's a special bonus edition of Lions of Liberty. And we get to do bonus editions like this. We can justify the time thanks to the money way taken from our Patreon supporters over in the Lions of Liberty Pride. If you are not in the Pride, you are missing out on so much early access to a lot of episodes like yesterday's debate between Angela McArdle and Theodore Quinoa over whether the Libertarian Party should be abolished. I think today's guest is pretty much against that one. And there are so many other reasons to join the Pride, including all of our bonus audio and video content, access to our super secret Facebook group. But right now, one of the best perks, of course, is that you get 20% off. Anybody that joins at $5 or higher per month gets 20% off their order at lionsofliberty.store. And we have some killer t-shirts right now. We have the Taxation is Death t-shirt and we have the brand new Mr. Miyagi-esque, I guess we will say, uh, Wax On Tax Off t-shirt. These things are flying off the shelves. We're getting great feedback and I really love how we've been building up this Lions of Liberty brand of t-shirts. So please do head over to lionsofliberty.store to check out all of our designs as well as head over to patreon.com slash lionsofliberty. Join the pride, support the greatest libertarian variety show on earth and get 20% off your order at the same time. It's a win, 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 my friends. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. My guest today is known as the Libertarian-in-Chief on Twitter. He briefly dabbled in running for the chairmanship of the Libertarian Party, and he is currently a candidate for the Oklahoma Corporation Commission, whatever the heck that is. I'm very pleased to welcome Todd Hagopian. Todd, are you ready to roar? I am ready to roar. All right, Todd. And, uh, you know, I, I've, we've been around on Twitter. I've seen you around. Uh, you've been on the, the podcast a couple times. Uh, finally, you are here on Lions of Liberty. Finally, you have ascended to the top of the Libertarian Podcast Circuit. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Uh, but before we get into everything you're doing out there, whether it's your involvement uh, in the Libertarian Party or your current run for Oklahoma Corporation Commission, that's actually harder to say than it, than it looks. Uh, why don't you just give us a little bit of background on yourself, uh, if you could just kind of touch on how you first became interested in politics overall and what eventually led you to calling yourself well not just a libertarian but the libertarian in chief <laughs> yeah so uh yeah i was a political science major in college um and i grew up in ann arbor which is a very very blue city inside of michigan uh and i grew up conservative so i kind of had those sharp elbows and anytime anyone said anything somewhat liberal you know i went nuts on them and that was kind of how I grew up. So Owned I went way, yeah, <laughs> I went way far to the right. Um, as I uh, grew up in Michigan, I, I migrated out to the West Coast of Michigan, out in uh, Justin Amash territory. And I was out, out in that area when he started his run. Um, and that's really what introduced me to libertarianism. Um, and of course, he was a libertarian Republican right around that time was the Ron Paul Republican libertarian. At that point, I honestly didn't even know there was a libertarian party. All the libertarians I knew were Republicans. Uh, so I just became a libertarian Republican. Um, and it wasn't until I got to Ohio that I actually uh, found the party. And it wasn't until Donald Trump got the nomination that I officially made the switch. So I'm actually relatively new. It was just four years ago that I changed my registration to libertarian um the libertarian in chief was just a tongue-in-cheek moniker uh and and really how it started 
it's kind of a funny story. When I changed to Libertarian, I learned a lot about the party. And I realized that even people like me who were into politics and knew about Libertarian Republicans didn't know about this party. So I made it Libertarian and cheap. And then I started putting out tweets that just said, as president, I would. And then I took portions of the platform and put it into the tweet. And people would retweet it like crazy. Like, oh, I love this guy. I love these ideas that he's coming up with. And I'm like, no, they're not ideas. They're the platform. You know, there's an actual political party out here. I'm just copying and pasting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's literally all I did. And um, and it was supposed to be kind of a short-term thing right up until the election just to get, you know, Gary Johnson some some attention on what libertarian was. And it just kind of became a thing. And then I kept it afterwards. And 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 I went from, you know, 8,000 followers at the time to like 40,000 followers now. So just by retweeting the platform. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and by and by getting in the mix, as is, of course, you have uh, over these yeah. couple of years here. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, what why would, did you actually take that step and say, you know, you mentioned it was after Donald Trump uh, got elected or yeah. got nominated, I guess, uh, that you decide, all right, I'm, I'm done with this Republican thing. Um, why did you decide that the Libertarian Party, despite the fact that it's, it's hard to point to a lot of electoral successes, at least on the national level, uh, really any on the national level, why did you decide this is the place I'm going to go? This is the place I'm going to be, uh, despite the fact that it might be more of an uphill battle to kind of operate in a, in a yeah. much smaller party. Well, it had been probably three elections in a row where I hadn't had a single um, single candidate that I was really excited about. Um, and I, I honestly wasn't a Ron Paul guy uh, during, during, I knew he wasn't going to win. You know what I mean? So I had looked at the McCain's and the Romney's and I wasn't excited. And I, and then, and then I tried to get behind Ted Cruz. I tried to you know, play ball and say, okay, you know, there are certain things His five for freedom plan is kind of libertarian. You know what I mean? Even though he wants to, you know, strip bomb all these people and stuff. And, and, you know, and I, at the end of the day, yourself into it, huh? Exactly. At the end of the day, I was just listening to some of the arguments I was making and, and, and how often I had to defend things that I didn't like or say, yes, I get it. But here's his good side, you know? And when I realized, when I started reading the other platforms, um, I was like, all right, there's, you know, there's only good side over here. There's mostly good side over here. Not to mention uh, when they nominated Donald Trump, I just knew every time this happens, right? Every time a new leader of the party is nominated, everyone migrates towards their view, mm -hmm. uh, just like Obamacare and all that stuff. And, and so as he got nominated, it became clear where the Republicans were going and they were going nowhere near uh, where I was planning on being comfortable. So, so uh, other than the Twitter account and, and all the, the retweeting of the platform, uh, what was it like for you getting directly involved in the Libertarian Party? Did you start showing up at local meetings? I mean, uh, what did you find yeah. your reception was when this former Republican here starts showing up? Uh, yeah. The guy who used to be running around owning the libs, and now here he is in our party. You know, what, what, what's this guy's deal? Yeah. So how did you find yeah. your reception from people? Yeah, I wasn't very uh, wasn't very friendly at really? the beginning. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call anybody out because there were um, there was a lot of miscommunication. I think, but I tried to get involved in Ohio. It didn't work out. That's how I'll put it. Um, whether I tried to get too involved too fast and there was a trust issue, or or whether I I missed an email or they missed an email, whatever. It didn't get it didn't get worked out. Um, and then, uh, and then my boy had some, had some health issues at the time. And I, I backed off at that point when I came to Oklahoma, though, I really found a home in the libertarian party. And that was just over two years ago now. 
um, really linked up with Chris Powell, who is our gubernatorial candidate, uh, some of the other folks in Oklahoma, um, and got involved in the actual parties. Now I'm the Tulsa Regional Chair. I'm on the Oklahoma Executive Committee. I was a delegate that went to Orlando. Um, and so here in Oklahoma, I've really found a good presence and, and really like the people here. And we're doing some great things. Just got ballot access back in 16, growing dramatically over the last uh, four years. My race will get us ballot access through 2024. Um, so we're really doing some really cool things here. So I, I'm not, um, I think I, I went about it the wrong way in Ohio and we didn't mesh, but here in Oklahoma, it's, it's been really good. Did you just come in a little, little too fast and hard in Ohio? I know in the Libertarian I, Party, there's, yeah. there's always this sense of, you know, this is our club, and there is a certain mistrust sometimes if someone comes in directly from another party with all these grand yeah. things they want to do. People say, whoa, whoa, that's what's right. this guy's deal? Well, who is that's this? exactly what happened. That's essentially exactly what happened. I mean, <laughs> they had an open position. I said I wanted it. Um, you know, it was a big position, like uh, some kind of um, field coordinator or something like that. You know, they had nobody else and they said no to me because, you know, it was, I was like, okay, you, you're not going to fill the position. You know, nobody I, over you. I mean, yeah, so it was like, I got beat by Noda. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, that, that, that is something that can happen in the libertarian party. Nothing yeah. is always an option. Yeah. And now, you know, I didn't leave the party. I just decided to, I talked to Larry Sharp actually around that time. And I asked him like, what, you know, what should I be doing? And he goes, well, there's all different kinds of ways to help and you just got to find your spot. And I, I said at that point, you know, if, if the if the party doesn't want to play ball with me, I'll just do my thing on Twitter and I'll, I'll spread the word. And now I'm up to, you know, 50 million views a year um, of people that are seeing the tweets and reading what I have to say. And I think I think, you know, if nothing else, I'm getting the word out there for the party. So. I'm curious what brought you to uh, Oklahoma from Ohio. I'm sh- I, I assume it wasn't just to cha- to find a different libertarian party <laughs> to, to join up with. <laughs> I was running a company for Illinois Tool Works, which is a conglomerate that had a company in Ohio. Uh, so I was running a company in Ohio. And then I, a former boss came and asked me to run a company in Oklahoma. Um, and so I went to work for Berkshire Hathaway, actually. Uh, so Warren Buffett. And a company in Oklahoma, and I ran that for a couple of years. Uh, recently left and just bought my own business here in Oklahoma. Um, so now I'm going to be here for the foreseeable future. Right on, right on. So let's talk a little bit about this race here that you're running in. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can say it again. Oklahoma Corporation Commission. These aren't hard words, yeah. but for some reason it just doesn't doesn't flow. <laughs> doesn't flow off the tongue. Uh, why? Well, first of all, what is an Oklahoma Corporation Commission? Yeah. So almost every state has one of these, uh, but most states are not as important. So Oklahoma Corporation Commission uh, regulates all of the industries that they consider in the public good. And that includes things like oil and gas, transportation, public utilities. uh, And of course, being Oklahoma, oil and gas is huge. It encompasses about 25% of the uh, employment in the state. So it's really a huge commission and the regulations that they put in place affect almost every Oklahoman and and a majority of the workers. Gotcha. So why did you decide to run for this position? You, see, you mentioned it was a ballot access race. Was it is it really just about ballot access or did, is there something about this position that you said, well, I, maybe I could actually do something good in here? Yeah, well, we were actually we we're following this race close uh, for ballot access. We knew that if we had at that time, we didn't know who our nominee was going to be. Um, we didn't know if we were going to get two and a half percent on the presidential you know, race or not in Oklahoma, So, uh, and which is what we would have needed. So we said we need somebody to run in this race and get two and a half percent. 
Um, and then as it became clear in Oklahoma, they only have like three days of filing. And so you can see who's filing. As it became clear that no Democrat was going to jump in, and we were kind of holding back our cards watching the race. And when no Democrat was going to jump in, we said, okay, now we need somebody who can actually go out there, fundraise, get aggressive, and try and win this thing. Um, and, and a few of the guys pulled together some money, and we found a way to get me the filing fee real quick. And I, uh, I put in basically the last day just so the Democrats wouldn't come in and try and get somebody. And it ended up being a one-on-one -on -one race which is a really huge opportunity for us. A, it guarantees we get two and a half percent. B, it puts us into a position where we might be able to set the third party record in Oklahoma. Wow. So this is, uh, it was just you and another Republican one-on-one. So yeah, like you said, I mean, there are so many people that are just going to not vote for a Republican or not vote for a Democrat, uh, but in this case, a Republican that you're, you're almost, like you said, guaranteed to get that ballot access. So uh, yeah. congratulations. I don't want to jinx anything, but yeah, <laughs> yeah we're expecting 1.2 or 1.3 million voters. Um, and so we're going to blow that away. And, and the third party record in Oklahoma is only about 271,000 votes. Um, so we're planning on blowing through that too. So, and then is that ballot access applies to like any, you know, all libertarian party positions that might, yep. that anybody might run for in the next, what, two yep. years or uh, four, years. four years. Yep. So we'll be, we'll be set all the way through 2024, which is huge. It gets us on the, um, so basically the next presidential race, we don't have to do anything to be on the ballot. Um, and also not that I advocate straight party to, uh, voting because I don't, I think it's terrible, but even, our ballot now has Libertarian Party as one of the options for straight ticket voting. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're one of the three uh, that has ballot access in the state. Gotcha, gotcha. So, I mean, you told us what the commission is, but what, what sort of things do they actually do? I have to imagine that most of what this commission actually does in reality is probably not good for most businesses or is good mm -hmm. for, I would imagine, certain businesses, perhaps the politically that's, connected ones, if I, if I have exactly. any idea of how politics can work sometimes. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, so the commission, for example, will, um, will look at price increases for utilities. So the utilities always come and say, hey, we need to invest in your state. And even though you've given us a monopoly, we now need you to raise prices on all of your people. Uh, so that's one huge one that's on there right now is OG&E is coming and asking for an $800 million price increase. They will tell they them to more. raise prices? Yeah. Yeah. They, they come and say, we're going to invest in Oklahoma and we need you to pay for it. And we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is not how it works. And the example I like to use is the very first iPhone was four gigabytes four gigabytes or megabyte, I can't remember, but four, right? And the iPhone 6 Plus was 128, seven years later. They were the exact same price. In the free market, companies have to innovate in cost and deliver a better product for the same price. In a monopoly, these companies can just come and say, if you want us to invest in your state, you will have to pay for it so that we can maintain the exact product margin and in fact get better because they're investing in the state, obviously lowering their cost. Um, and that's what's happening. So that's one thing. And then there's other things like what you were saying, where they put regulations in place that affect one sub-segment of an industry more than another. And so they'll do things like there's horizontal drilling and there's, and there's vertical drilling. Okay, they'll do things like they'll limit the amount of um, vertical drilling that can be done that, and it benefits the horizontal drillers or vice versa, or they'll limit the amount of drilling that can be done in a certain zone because of earthquakes. 
and that hurts X companies instead of the big companies who are everywhere. All the small companies go out of business, you know, and and these kinds of things. And so my platform is really cut the red tape, stop letting government pick winners and losers, and put Oklahoma back to work. And it kind of encompasses all of that. Yeah, you have a cool little ad uh, that was pretty well produced that I saw that you put out. Uh, I saw it on your Twitter. And I, I really like your slogan, legalize success. That's that's really yeah. interesting. Are you, <laughs> I'm curious if you're, if when you're out there on the campaign trail, uh, speaking to people out there, do, do you find that people that you meet actually know what this commission is or even have an idea what they're doing? Or is this in some ways an educational campaign kind of showing people like, not only does this thing exist, but look at the kind of crap they do. Most, uh, I would say most Oklahomans respond with, oh, that's the corrupt one, right? <laughs> That's the, and that's you're the like, commission. yes, it, well, it's all yeah. the corrupt ones. So it's kind of a trick yeah. question. But yeah. <laughs> that's the commission. Uh, they basically are the best paid commissioners is in Oklahoma is how people view them. There was a case in the 90s um, where, where an Oklahoma corporation commissioner actually went to prison for taking a bribe and making a vote. And then what did the commission do afterwards? They did not even overturn the vote that was bribed on. It's still in place today. The guy I'm running against, um, the guy I'm running against actually voted. He was the deciding vote to not rehear the case. And AT&T, the briber, is now his number one contributor. I mean, this is, it's disgusting. Like this entire commission is just, this guy went $200,000 in debt in his last campaign. He had 120 days to come up with that money. Uh, through new donations. Otherwise, he was going to be out the money. So literally what happens in his first 120 days in office, oil and gas companies give him $200,000 in cash in his first 120 days in office, right before he votes on regulations for the next six years. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get a sense from people, it sounds like, that there is some kind of at least sort of background knowledge that this thing is a, is a corrupt institution. They all know that yes. they're kind of doing crony things. But every year, I imagine the same people or yeah. the same kind of people still get in because you know, the I imagine the Republican machine there is so strong and has so much money yeah. in advertising that despite the fact that there might be a good number of people that say this is corrupt, this is corrupt. There's enough people that just go Republican and then these people are going to get in every time. So how do you yep. combat that? How do you combat that out there when so many people and it's a problem, I think, with the concept of straight ticket voting. Maybe it's a problem with the concept of voting. That's a whole other idea. But uh, people are just going to go and kind of mindlessly click those boxes. I mean, how, how do you compete with that? Yeah, the biggest issue that I run into is there's about 600,000 uh, voting Republicans, maybe a little more, and about 75 percent of them will vote um, straight ticket. And that's the biggest issue I have so that people actually will not um, will not even come down and look at the different races. So what I've been trying to do is get across to the Republicans. I am the most conservative person in the race. Uh, I'm the most conservative corporation commissioner candidate. And to the Democrats, it's I'm not Todd Hyatt. <laughs> I'm not a Republican. What more do you want from me? I am not the guy who voted you know, to, to let the bribery go. I'm not the guy who has campaign fraud allegations. I'm not the guy who broke his, his oath to office. Um, and and you're a legitimate on, businessman who I assume, I don't yeah. know if how you've been directly affected by this corporation, but I'm sure you, you know, you run into enough of this stuff that you've seen this firsthand yeah. in, in many ways in your, your business activities. 
Yeah. And that's what the ad says, right? Is that I, I've never, I've run small companies, I've run big companies. I know exactly what happens when regulations are in place and what they, or what regulations, when companies don't know what regulations are coming and what they do is they stop investing. And that's when uh, everything goes to hell. So for example, 36% of people in Oklahoma have lost income during COVID. Now, Oklahoma barely got hit by COVID. So why did they lose income? Because oil and gas went to hell, right? And oil and gas went to hell because nobody knew what was going on. You know, is oil and gas going to stay at 10 bucks? Are they going to stop letting us drill? We were talking about putting in drilling limits like OPEC in Oklahoma. You're going to make an OPEC in Oklahoma. Well, of course, they're not going to go out and hire 5,000 people because suddenly they're going to have to lay everybody off. Let's uh, just uh, you know do a little visualization for a second. I know I know that's uh, it's a high mountain to climb, but let's say the, the 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 best possibility happens. Enough people say, yeah, you know what? I am fed up with this this garbage, this system. We're just going to toss some votes to hot Todd Hagopian. And let's say you actually won this position. How, as a libertarian, would you operate in a position that is basically just an institution of crony capitalism? So, how would you find yourself navigating? I mean, what what actions could you actually take as a commissioner? I suppose maybe just like you know voting against the vote to you know not overturn what was known to be a corrupt vote could be you know one one kind of thing. But what sort of day to day activities could you actually do to to make this a I guess a more libertarian institution or maybe a better word would be just less, less crony capitalist. Less <laughs> well, crony. here's the good thing. This commission actually only has three people on it. Okay. So if you win a seat here, you're one third of the votes. Um, one of the guys that's on the commission already is fairly libertarian. I'd say he's a stalwart Republican, but he's a really, um, let's put it this way. He's got the anti-fraud, anti-government portion of libertarian down but he's a pretty solid Republican. Um, what I think will end up happening if I get this role is he and I will always team up on anything that looks like fraud or anything that needs to be investigated or anything that, it, that doesn't smell right. He and I will always be teamed up. I will be a no vote on almost everything. It has to pass two tests for me. One, it has to actually be vital for public safety, not just be a sound bite. And two, it needs to be written in a way that it doesn't benefit one company over another. Now, my guess is less than 1% of regulations will pass those two tests. So I'll be a hard no vote and I'll be able to go out every day and talk about why I'm voting, what, how I'm voting. I'm envisioning it like the Justin Amash where you talk about every single vote. I've got a pretty wide platform on Facebook and Twitter and social media and I'll be putting that out there and calling people out. I'll be safe for six years. I can call these commissioners out every day and be like that person. Just, you know, the guy that I just told you about, the guy I'm running against, he literally didn't let a vote come to the floor to ban taking bribes this year. One of the other commissioners wanted to put a vote on the floor to ban the commissioners from taking bribes. And this guy said no. And they got one article in Oklahoma. Well, if he votes on it, he has to say, I mean, you can't, right. it's hard to vote yes on bribes, but he can't really vote yeah. no on bribes because that's what he does. Right. So. right. so he just didn't let it come to the floor. So, <laughs> so I, I kind of portrayed it as a bit of a fantasy there, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can actually get the traction going here and maybe you can inform enough people about about this guy. I mean, he sounds super, super transparently corrupt. Uh, yep. What I mean, have you seen any kind of polling? I mean, do you think you have some kind of chance to actually you know, take this seat overall? Yeah, I mean, we, we're feeling really good about where we're at. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of polling in Oklahoma City 
in October. So we've talked to them and they're going to do a little polling. That is a place that I have to win in order to win it. How it's going to end up looking if I win is Oklahoma City and Tulsa will go to me. Everybody else will go to him and it'll just be a crapshoot to see if we get to 50.1. But this is what I can tell you. This guy's website isn't working. He just saying. So every every year, the Corporation Commission has decided in the primary. The Democrats don't have a chance. The independents don't have a chance. So he stopped doing his website. He's not filling out any of the surveys. He's getting nailed in the press over campaign finance allegations, over office allegations, over bribery allegations. And he's just basically trying to shut up and stay out of the news because every time he's in the news, it's for stealing something. So he's just he's trying to stay out. And and I think if you type his name into Facebook today, all it is, all it'll come up is me blasting him or articles about me. Same thing with Twitter. And if you type in Todd Hyatt versus Todd Agopian, you know, at least 50 percent of the articles are about me. So we're winning the game as these ballots go out to people and they're doing their initial research. Um, we've got a chance. I'd say we got a chance. I, my gut, my gut tells me we're going to be in the high thirties, high thirty percent when it's all said and done. Uh, but I'm not ruling out a nice surge here towards the end. It's a little risky. You got two Todd H's running there. <laughs> that, I know, and that that could be good or bad. Yeah, but it could go either way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you might want them to have the right Todd, or you might want them to have the wrong Todd. We don't know. <laughs> Uh, speaking of different Todds, <laughs> uh, I, I recently saw a meme to, to lighten the mood a little bit. Not that it's been a non-light mood, but uh, I recently saw a funny meme. You're a big fan of memes. You actually put out a call to action for Todd Hagopian memes. So if anybody out there is a meme maker, you know, go find some pictures. There's there's pictures of Todd all over the place. And I saw a really funny one. I think it said like Todd Hagopian before the Libertarian yeah. Party and showed your old picture and then Todd Hagopian after the Libertarian Party. And it shows how you look now right now with the, you know, you got the beard yeah. and it's a, it's a very different look than you had before. You look a lot... I don't know. A lot, a lot tougher, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more yeah, hardened. Funny, it's, uh, it's uh, I actually made that meme, believe it or not, uh, and and I have not ever made a meme before. But people were asking me, like, is that really you? Is it? You know, they were, and so I put them side by side. I didn't this know it was you at first. I was like, is that really? really? I think it. <laughs> this is really. Um, other than the mustache, I had the goatee. Um, for years and years and years when I was a wrestler, and I know a lot of people are like, you look like a wrestler. Yeah, I was before like 80 pounds ago, I was a wrestler, you know? Um, and so, uh, I yeah, mean a collegiate it's, uh, type wrestler to be clear. Yeah, not, uh, I, I, you weren't on yeah, WWE no, I, wrestled, I wrestled USA wrestling for a long time. Um, got my ass kicked by some, some people that other wrestlers will have heard of, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, uh, so I got laid off this summer. I decided to grow a beard. Um, and, uh, and as I went through it, I was asking Twitter, you know, does this look okay? Blah, blah, blah. And I finally went to the barber and said, Hey, I'm about to do this TV commercial. I want you to make this look good. And if you can't just shave it off, (laughs) they made it look good and and I'm stuck with it. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Todd, I did want to talk about uh, something else that, like I mentioned uh, briefly at the top of the show, you did briefly dip your toe in the water of running for the chairmanship of the Libertarian Party. I'm not sure exactly how, how long you were doing that for. Maybe it was a, a month or yeah. two. I don't think it was too long. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, why did you decide uh, to to dive in and try to run for that position? What what were you seeing out there that you said that, that you thought you could fill? And then why did you not too long after that decide, well, maybe not right now? Yeah, and it's a good question. I I... I still believe everything that I said when I was going out there and it was really going after professionalizing the party, which I don't think anybody would argue against that we need uh, national branding, 
and then focus on local elections. Um, and so those were my three things that I was talking about. I still believe that we have to do all three of those things. Uh, um, I believe that Josh and uh, Joe both kind of encompass some of those things. At the time, I didn't, which is why I jumped in. I didn't think that there was a candidate that was talking about the right things. Um, and as I started talking to the activists around and, and meeting the delegates and calling the delegates, I just realized there wasn't going to be enough support out there. Um, and there were people that wanted an explanation about why I was not involved up until 2018 in a heavy way. And I was not willing to talk about my son from 2016 to 2018, which was a tough time in his life and my life. It wasn't worth it for me to have to answer those questions. And it wasn't fair to the activists to not have them get those answers. So what I ended up doing is I said, you know what, I'm going to take my own advice. I'm going to run a local race, see if I can win. And so I ran a school board race and got my ass kicked. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that really, really sucked. Um, how about I do a bigger race <laughs> and see if that one goes better? <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, so we ended up here at the Oklahoma Corporation Commission. So it was, I, I tried to follow my own advice and say, okay, can I really brand liberty? Can I get out there and show people that a libertarian can win? What I always tell people is libertarians are constantly told that they have to be less libertarian to get more votes. But what I want to do in this campaign is get more votes by being a true libertarian. And that's what I've stayed true to. You've seen it on social media. You know, I don't shy away from throwing libertarian right in everyone's face. Uh, and, and believe me, if I get any traction, that'll get thrown back at me in the news. You know, a million tweets will come up uh, about me on all these issues. And that's fine. But I want to show people that we can win these races by telling people what libertarianism is all about. I mean, that's one thing that came up in the debate that I just hosted here uh, with Angela McArdle and uh, Theodore from Crowdfunded Government, who is advocating for abolishing the LP altogether, uh, <laughs> just with the idea that, you know, it, it's a it, your libertarian party spends so much time uh, really, you know, trying to fight an uphill battle, whereas you know he would argue that they can just go in and work in the Republican Party, Democratic Party, and just have that much more chance to get power. Um, what would you say to that idea? <clears throat> Part of that idea being that the word libertarian is just such a turnoff to so many people, um, most because they don't really understand what it means because they often just believe kind of characters of what they see and characterizations of what they've seen out there about what a libertarian really is. Do you find that you, you fight that uphill battle uh, being a libertarian and being in the libertarian party or do you find it freeing because you can actually go out there to say exactly what you believe and not worry about you know what a bunch of Republicans yeah. or a bunch of Democrats are going to think? Yeah, I find it much more freeing and I, I've heard that argument a million times and if you look back in history, it just hasn't worked, right? The the most popular libertarians in history inside the Republican Party have failed. Ron Paul never got the nomination. You know what I mean? He he continued to get elected as a as a congressman. Justin Amash, as soon as he came out and basically said, Yes, I'm libertarian and proud, even before he entered the party but just started standing up to Trump, he was dead in the water. You know, Rand Paul um, tries real hard to stick to his libertarian principles, but if he doesn't throw Trump uh, a fish every now and then and go all hardcore national security and anti-Russia, you know, or something like that, then Trump, Trump will start hitting on him. Mike Lee has been targeted. You know, I mean, all these guys have been targeted. They, there is no Austin Peterson goes and decides to run as a Republican 
and in, in a state where he should have done well and the money machine just comes in and destroys him. You know, um, there's just no proven time where that has actually worked. And the Libertarian Party is growing. We went from 500,000 votes four elections ago to 4 million votes last election. We are growing and Libertarian Republicans are shrinking. You know, Paul's out, Amash is out, you know, other people are, are starting to lean more towards the MAGA than Libertarian. Uh, I just don't, I see more promise in staying with the Libertarian strategy. Do you think, and you, and you mostly advocate for, you know, running at the local level, so this, this isn't necessarily the direction you're you're going, but do you think that over time um, that libertarians, big L libertarians can actually have an impact on the national level? I mean, we do have the first libertarian congressman right now, but uh, he's just kind of, you know, he's going to be gone in a couple of months and, and so will that L. So, I mean, what are the odds that the libertarian party can actually fight this machine of the big two parties to the point they can actually get in some sort of national level of power? Yeah, I mean, I think what it's going to end up taking, of course, is some kind of implosion with one of the other two parties. That's the only way that there's ever been a new party coming out or a massive injunction or in, in uh, injection of money from somebody inside the Libertarian Party. Those are the only two real ways that the Libertarians will be big on the national stage. I think we need to focus on state races and local races and take over, you know, not take over, and take charge of towns and show people what libertarian towns look like, show people what libertarian sheriffs look like, show people what libertarian commissions look like. And I think people will start to understand, you know, we're not that scary. You know, it's not scary to have more rights. It's good to have more rights, you know. And then we can start talking about the rest. But like I always said when I was running for chair, you're not going to get president before you get your first senator. You're not going to get your first senator before you get your first state rep. You're not going to get your first state rep before you get your first mayor. And so we've gotten a couple of mayors now. So let's focus on that and then move up to state reps and go up from there. Well, maybe it's all going to really start with the first libertarian, Oklahoma. Damn it. I got to look again. Oklahoma Corporation <laughs> Commission. There we go. Oklahoma it would be the first statewide it would be the first statewide win for the Libertarian Party in history. So this so could actually be a big story for you. This could actually it be could a big story. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Todd. Well, for all the Oklahomans out there, or even anybody who's not an Oklahoman who might just want to support your campaign in some way, why don't I just give everybody the roundup of how they can find, obviously, they can find the Libertarian Chief. I think it's at, is it at, at Todd Hagopian uh, yeah. on Twitter. And then, of course, uh, you know, where, let them know where they can find all your campaign uh, website, material, everything you got. Yeah, sure. So at Todd Hagopian at Twitter, uh, www.toddhagopian.com, and then Todd Hagopian for Corporation Commission on Facebook. Those are pretty much the three. And then I got a YouTube out there for Todd Hagopian for Corporation Commission as well. Awesome, Todd. Well, uh, I have a feeling that Oklahoma Com Corporation Commissioner or not, uh, it really shouldn't be that hard to say it, but for some reason it really isn't. Uh, Oklahoma Corporation Commissioner or not, I have a feeling you're going to be sticking around uh, vocally and publicly as a libertarian for a long time to come. So I'm sure it will cross paths again. And I wish you the best of luck in your race. I'm really excited to check it out. Um, you know, I never thought I'd be excited about Oklahoma Commissioner campaign before, but I am now. So I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I would love to see you win this race, but if not, looks like you're going to make a pretty big impact either way. So I think for, for that. Uh, it's worth doing regardless. So thank you so much uh, for your time, Todd. Wish you the best of luck. Keep up the great work. Keep on roaring. Great. I really appreciate it.
All right, Kitty Cats, I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Todd Hagopian. He was a blast to talk to. I've been tweeting around with him for, um, got a year or so probably at this point, so it was great to finally uh, speak to him. And this is a bonus episode. I appreciate the extra time you've dedicated to listening to an Extra Lines of Liberty episode this week, so I will respect your time and keep this thing short. But just don't forget to tune in to Electric Liberty Land tomorrow with Brian McWilliams, and of course, wrap up your week with Felony Friday, John Odermatt's hard-hitting weekly look at the broken criminal justice system. And of course, don't forget, check out our amazing t-shirt line over at Lions of Liberty that store. You got to get this wax on ta- tax off shirt, guys. It's, it's freaking awesome. I have to say so myself. Uh, of course, you will get a 20% discount if you do the smart thing and support the greatest libertarian variety show on earth, Lions of Liberty on Patreon by joining the pride at patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Until tomorrow, until Brian slaps you upside the head with his wackiness and mispronunciations and anger and all sorts of things on Electric Liberty Land. Until then, my friends, I bid you adieu and I ask only that you please live long and live free.